spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Welcome and welcome to another episode of Max Meek Movies. Today we are talking about that amazing French film uh, on Bruges. It is when you are in Bruges. It's all about being Bruges. Max, do you know how to be Bruges? You do know Bruges is in Belgium, not France, right? E technical de- detail, it means nothing. <laughs> but today we are continuing on with our guest series. This, this time we have our third guest. Uh, this is Ned Martinez. He is one of the very smart people who decided to enter our contest and become one of our illustrious guest speakers here today. Yes, he's wearing the ermine robe and seated upon the great golden throne, and he is holding <coughs> the ceremonial orb of Max Mike movies. Which we want at back at the end of the show. It, 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 is, pretty, it is pretty heavy. Yes, mm. it is uh, hard to, uh, what is the word, how do you say? Lobe. Mm. Yes. yes. Please tell me you're not going to do that accent through the whole show. Have you anything to drink? <laughs> do you remember this episode? Because it was an episode, was it not? No, today we are Max Mike Movies. We are on location somewhere else that's different. In a place. Well, different for you, not really different for me. It's the same location I always do this in. But there's, there's Ned. There is Ned. Yes, for the first time ever, we have all three podcasters in one place, within reach of each other. Yes, in our studio. Yes. Not at all the dining room table. No, it's not. The, it certainly isn't the dining room. My dining room table. It's a real, like, professional, totally professional studio with things in it. Very impressive. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, anyway, today's movie is a uh, European film called In Bruges. Chosen by our special guest. Chosen Ned. by. Yes, it was. Um, it is from 2008, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, it stars people you may have heard of. Yeah. Did you know that? It stars people you may have heard of. Indeed. Uh, but we will be discussing this film. This was Ned's choice. We will be finding out why he chose it. We will be finding mm-hmm. out if he actually likes it or not. We will be finding out if Max or I like it or not. Mm-hmm. But before we get any further, we'd like to take care of some business. Business! Business! How to succeed in business without... Anyway. Yeah. You may find our podcast on the Google Podcast app, or you may find it on the iTunes Podcast app. Or you app. may find it in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself... Why am I talking to Max still? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you may find all of our episodes, every last episode, every tid and or bit at maxmikemovies.com. You may email us and say, you know, I've got a great idea for a show, such as Young Ned has done. Haven't you, Ned? No, you oh, but you will. I will. <laughs> at us at maxmikemovies.com. Lastly, if you are into the social medias, you may find us at the Facebook, which you can find us under Max Mike Movies, or under the Twitter, where you can find us at Max Mike Movies. But mm-hmm. now we have this film in Bruges. The show. Bruges is a place in um, Belgium. Yep. Which is a country yep. in Europe, I believe. <laughs> what, best known for chocolates? Yeah, we're not going to. We'll stop right there. No, no. Best <clears throat> known for chocolates and Jean-Claude Van Damme. He had the muscles from Brussels, yep. not Bruges. Mm, so. but, mm. but he is from Belgium. He's not a Frenchie. He's a Belgie. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, this film, 
Uh, is well, we do trivia first. You do trivia first. I usually do the plot, but whatever. Uh, and I am going to apologize right now to ladies and gentlemen that might be listening. As you should. My God, it's about time. I haven't uh, said it yet. And oh. besides, the episode's still early, and I can still fire you. <laughs> and don't think I won't. I know you will, because you have. Many, um, many times. Yeah, so little bits of trivia. The, um, the F-bomb... And the various forms of the F-bomb are said 126 times within a period of 107 minutes. Mm. It is an average of 1.18 Fs per hour. Per minute, per minute. Yeah, nothing to the Steven Seagal movies. Uh, yeah, apparently the, uh, the characters, there's two main characters in this film, Ken and Ray, were originally supposed to be uh, British, but when they got the two actors who were playing them, they were very, very Irish. And so Which is people. still British, by the way. Mm. Mm. Technically. Write Max at us at <laughs> MacMikesMovie.com. Anyway, uh, when they got those two actors, they're like, ah, we'll make them Irish. That makes things a lot easier. Which helped because, yes, they were in fact. Um, so apparently this was not shot. It takes place in and around the Christmas time, but it was not, in fact, always Christmas in Bruges. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. It is not always Christmas in Bruges. Uh, so they just told people, hey, could you keep that stuff up till March? And that was fine. If they had been shooting this in the States, that would not have been a question because people just do that. Um, Ray does not change his clothes except for a flashback in the film. Otherwise, it's the same suit of clothes the entire time. Ew. Um, there is an odd sort of um, thing that Ray, which is Colin Farrell, gets stuck on, and that is the, the high number of suicides among little people. And he focuses on this a lot, and he keeps referring to an actor from uh, the Time Bandits. He's, he yeah. never names him because he never gets it right. It's got to be David Rappaport, it right? It was meant to be a David Rappaport, yes. Yeah, poor, um, poor guy. Very talented. Yeah, apparently we, uh, we missed a scene where uh, Ray Fine's character, Harry, uh, brutally kills another police officer while he's in custody, but oh, that got cut. Oh. They probably thought we'd, we'd seen enough because mm. you do. The, the, the deleted scenes are actually quite something. Um, it, and what, what I'm kind of amazed by is why they cut them when the movie is actually so short, especially when you consider that a good five to ten minutes is just spent as sort of a travel documentary of Bruges mm. itself. That's a point. A bit. And, uh, you know, and some people, they look at these things and go, we want the movie to move faster, or it doesn't add so much to the plot. Who knows? A lot of times you'll find that the, uh, there's a saying in Hollywood, the film is made in the editing room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always, I always wonder, some of the big directors have certain editors they work with over and over again. You wonder, could this film actually be any good if it wasn't for the editor? You don't know. Um... There's lots of other things, and I'm going to have to admit, because I was uh, going to let you all look it up, because I'm not going to. Unless either Max or Ned has any bits of trivia they know about the film that they would like to interject. Uh, Well, if you don't mind, I'll point out a couple things. One, there is a little person in the movie that is Jordan Prentice, who is a major Hollywood actor. He's been in everything. He unfortunately... Oh, what film could that be, Max? He is probably... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That's no. a, yes, he he was in fact Howard the Duck. Uh, At least wah, 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 he wah, was wah. the body. Oh. He was the one who wore the suit. He's not. The, I don't think he was the voice. But that was him in the suit to his great. Sh- However, at least his face was covered. You know, Jordan. It's okay. Nobody nobody knew until we just told. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Fired again. Uh, fired. Fired. He's fired. done a ton of stuff. He was in the American Pie movies, Lost Girl, all kinds of stuff. Um, very talented guy. Uh, also, 
This movie, and I, I noticed this now in retrospect. I saw the movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie has like five Harry Potter alums in it. Yes. It, yeah. but, you know, now, you tell us. Which ones do you remember? Oh, you know? gosh. Um, so, well, I, I cheated, and I did, in fact, look this up. Mm-hmm. Um, Good, because uh, I didn't. <laughs> I spotted them all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I, I know Brendan Gleeson, obviously. Yep. Matt-Eye Moody. Yep. Uh, Ray Fiennes is Lord Valdi Pants. Yep. Um, <laughs> are uh, you afraid to say that name on our no. podcast? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin Farrell is not in the main Harry Potter no, movies, right? um, but in the uh, incredibly annoying like... creatures and how to smoke them. Oh uh, god, I wish. <laughs> um, uh, Clemence Poesie, uh, who played Chloe, is Fleur Delacour. Yep. Hard to recognize without her nipple hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, somebody I can't pronounce. Um, uh, Sierra and Hines? Exactly. Yeah. Him. No. Yeah, he's uh, the priest who is murdered in the beginning. He's not credited in the movie. Yeah. And who is he in Harry Potter? Um, He's uh, Dumbledore's brother? Yes, he is Aberforth. That's Aberforth. Right. Yep, I think that's all of them. Actually, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Actually, there is a secret sixth. Um, what? Yeah, because um, actually, Brenton Gleeson's son. So it, this is a bit of a um, oh. it's a bit of a sort of roundabout yeah. um, introduction. But he actually plays Bill Weasley, who, as you know, is married to Fleur Delacour right. in the books. So I, I think we can count it as a solid five and a half there. Because oh, wait, is Brendan Gleeson's son in this movie? In, in, no, okay. but he's Brendan Gleeson's son, married to Clemens Poesie's character. Uh, I think that's got to count for a quarter. Maybe a quarter. Maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with nerd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who isn't? Uh, uh, that, that's my. That's the only other uh, uh, trivia that I had. You had anything? Uh, yeah, I, I know a bit about Martin McDonough's work. Oh. Um, so he he started off as a playwright. Um, he's most famous for two trilogies of plays. Um, one of which the the third the third play in the trilogy was actually never published, as he claims it's no good. As wow. well as two other short plays. Now that would be pretty ordinary, except for the fact that he wrote. All eight of those plays within a nine-month span in 1995 and 1996. What? Wait, all eight yes. plays of a trilogy? Um, um, two trilogies. Two trilogies oh, okay. and two other six. plays. Okay. He, he wrote eight plays in nine months? Yes. And That's basically, he's been writing those plays. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry okay. Mr. Martin. Don't mean to dismiss you, but he's kind of been writing those ever since. Yeah. A lot of his stuff was written way back when, and he's just been reworking it. Oh. Um, he's also tied Shakespeare for the most plays running concurrently, which is four in uh, the West End, wow. at least as of 2001. Maybe somebody's surpassed them since then. Hey, but would we have heard of any of these? Um, let's see. So the, the, the trilogy he's most famous for is The Cripple of Inishman, The Lieutenant of Inishmore, and The, Bans- the Banshees of Inishir, which was actually never published. So, um, no. That, of course, was never published. published. <laughs> yes. And Dolores. Yeah. <laughs> His other play that's pretty well known is uh, called The Pillow Man. About, uh, it, it's a two-man show about a fairy tale author being interviewed by... Uh, an authoritarian state cop uh, about Lord. the moral content of his stories. Wow. Uh, Mr. Martinez, have you yourself ever actually been in any of these plays? 
Nope. I see. Have you read any of them? Uh, actually, my high school put on a couple of them, oh, and okay. one of my friend's older brothers um, directed, acted, he was involved. Okay. Um, so I, I got dragged to a couple of them, absolutely loved them, and we oh. watched this when it came out. Okay. Hmm. Well, that actually answers one of my first questions, which is, why'd you pick this movie? Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, we okay. haven't even got to the plot. <laughs> <sighs> fired, fired. If you would like to be Max, you can write me... Anyway. Don't uh, do it. I'm not the first Max. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps their buried out in the backyard. They won't listen to you. They won't. They never do. Uh, real quick, just to throw this in the last bit. Uh, budget, 15 million bucks or so. Uh, not big in the U.S. Uh, the gross overall in the U.S. was about 7.8. The worldwide gross, 33. Mm, so not, not exactly, mm. not really a hit at all. Because you want to do three mm. times, more or less. Of course, I don't know if that's true with, with foreign films or not. But... Uh, the plot. Uh, I'm going to keep this very short and sweet. The plot is basically about two hitmen who have recently completed a hit and have been told by their pimp? Em- uh, <laughs> employer. Pimp. That they need to go and hide out in Bruges, which is, of course, in Belgium. Uh, what ends up happening, though, is we find out that the hit was uh, somewhat problematic and uh, there's some guilt involved as there was a bystander killed that is weighing heavily on the mind of the person in this case it was uh, Colin Farrell's character Ray uh, killed a child in while he was killing a priest which collateral we never, damage we never yes. do find out why the priest was being so it just uh, says like so and so says hello hmm. and the priest is obviously upset and then he dies that's actually what contained in one of the deleted scenes oh, um, in which tell. they're basically debating uh, whether or not um, it, it, whether or not the priest owed money um, or, or whether the, the priest was blocking a land deal that the uh, mm. um, boss, played by Ray Fiennes, um, was trying to go through on. Mm. Okay. Oh, so anyway, uh, it's sort of um, not entirely uh, some soul-searching between two assassins for most <laughs> of the film. We meet up with a local drug dealer and a uh, dwarf actor, a uh, little person. He says he likes to be called a dwarf is the only reason I said that. Uh, that while they're shooting a film, also in Bruges, and eventually the word comes down that, yeah, the older of the two assassins needs to take out the younger for having killed the child. Uh, This does not go over well, things get weird, and then the uh, pimp, boss, whatever you want to call it, shows up to take care of business, and yeah, Mm. the film ends. There we go. Now, Mm. we may move on, because I have to insert that thing. Ah, yes. The Lowdown. I'll let Max go first, Mm. because it's the last time Max will go first. (laughs) He loves me. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's really sad when you say things like this when you are, in fact, within arm's reach. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. I'm not safely in Michigan. Uh, Max is wonderful. Everyone sing the praises of Max. Yeah, excuse me. I'm going to go get the double-headed battle axe I keep in the closet. Don't call me that. Oh. You haven't been in the closet for years. (laughs) This film about being trapped in a small place with two hitmen is a little too real right now. No, do go on, Max, please. So, um, you sort of answered this already, why you chose this film. Why you wanted to talk about, but not just like okay, this is obviously a film that you like. It has some. Yeah. Movie, why did you want to talk about it with us? Why did you want to use that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's sort of twofold. Um, one is that I, I I saw this when it first came out um, with with my good buddy Eric, um, and I uh, absolutely loved it back then. But I haven't seen it since. 
Um, and it's actually also one of the movies that inspired uh, Eric to become a composer. Um, and wait, wait, this movie inspired him inspired him to become a musical composer. Yeah, yeah, he, he's pretty good too. You should check out his SoundCloud. Yeah, what, what's um, his name? Eric. Uh, uh, Eric. How does he? How do you, does he want to be known? Oh yeah. Um, tell you what, I'll I'll figure it out. I haven't I haven't really looked at his stuff. Um, um, I haven't really looked at w- w- what his handle is on the uh, internet. Okay, recently. let us know, and uh, when I write this up uh, on the web page, I'll put the sure, link. Sure, I'll, I'll throw a comment on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we plug. Yep. Oh, yeah. We do. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I sort of wanted to see how well it held up um, because uh, my, my boss at work brought it up. We've been talking about movies. He's a bit of a movie buff. Um, you know, there's a podcast he should listen to. I have told him that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see because, you know, I've got a poster on my wall. Uh, um, And I I, I wanted to see if looking back at it again with my slightly more mature sensibilities uh, would either lead to me uh, either bringing it back as a favorite or whether it just would not stand the test of time. Don't answer that part yet. So when did you originally see it? It must have been probably a couple years after it came out. Um, I was... Probably about 14, 15 at the time, so a little bit less than a decade ago. Hmm. What What's the film rating? Uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, he was over 18. Yeah, he, he was 14 and 15 yeah. when he saw it. That's what he just said. Oh, yeah. So We may have to cut that bit. <laughs> naughty, naughty. <laughs> yes, if you would like to find Ned, he can be found at... Okay. Uh, so how many times have you seen it? Uh, this was actually... I, I think I watched it a couple times. Um... Back back then, but it's been a solid seven or eight years yeah, since I've seen is, it. Uh, you haven't seen it since then. Yeah, this is the first. When, when did you just? When did you watch it? Oh, uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. So you've seen it twice. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Wow, that's it. Must have made quite an impression if it made like your favorites list, and you have a post. I mean, can't finding a poster <laughs> of this must not have been easy. Ah, eh, you know, uh, Amazon, eBay. It was uh, five bucks. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't exactly one of the high price like original yes. King Kong one yeah. sheets or. Stuff like that. Trying to get rid of them. So, so was this on a short list of films, or was it like, no, no, it's definitely going to be this one? Well, uh, you actually must have chosen it before you'd rewatched it. Yeah, it, it's definitely a movie that I've I've liked, but I, I don't go back and rewatch a lot of movies just because there's so much out there, and I am just a wee sprout in this world. <laughs> so Ned has to go. It's really sad, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to go take my heart heart medicine, my. Uh, <laughs> My, my Alzheimer's medicine and my Schmeckler's powder. Schmeckler's powder? Yep. Okay. Powdered Schmeckler. It's good for what ails you. Uh-huh. That it is, Grampy. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I call, call him every day I get knows, hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's bigger than me. <laughs> and? <laughs> so, you generally only watch films once. What about this film stayed with you? So there must have been something that said, no, this, ah, there's those scenes, there's that acting, there's that, yeah. that twist or Particular whatever. performance or the setting. Or... Yeah, well, it, it's a combination of things. Um, a, a lot of Martin McDonough's work cycles back around to a lot of the same themes. And I have seen a fair number of his plays, and honestly, I think I like his plays better than his movies. Huh. Um, but I really, really, really like his plays. Um, so Jerry's still out on the movie. Um, but I also, I love the music. I think Bruges is... Lovely. I, I actually, I've always wanted to go since watching this movie. Um, so you haven't been? Alas, I have no. not been. A lack of day. <laughs> Explain good golf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, well, so but it's on your list. It is on, yeah. yeah, that is one thing about that movie that I mean, I know we're giving away some, but it is so impressive. It's Bruges. It just makes Bruges look amazing, and apparently, it's just. It Maybe looks, it isn't even. It's it's supposed to be an incredibly gorgeous place to visit. It looks like a fairy tale city. It does. The thing about Bruges that is well known is it's a very heavily preserved medieval town. Right. I don't even know if it's a city really, but it they have gone out of their way to like the, the streets are still cobblestone. The buildings are like six seven hundred years old. They haven't torn down a lot. Not entirely unlike Cambridge in certain places. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. we have to keep the cobblestones. They're horrible for cars. Everyone hates them. People's <laughs> heels get stuck in them, but they're historic. Yeah, so. yeah. We have to keep this house facade. Yeah, but it's a fire hazard. It's historical! Uh, but, uh... Washington sneezed here. <laughs> yeah, it, it, looks incre- it looks incredible. And it has canals. Or at least a canal. I, yeah, they're unclear on that. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's multiple, but there's at least one, and it looks amazing. And the place just looks gorgeous. It does. And it's, it's one of the strange parts to me, or it's one of the sort of standout parts that, like, Ray, the, the two of them, Ken, the older, he's just enchanted with the place. He really likes it. He wants to, and Ray is just like, it's a beep hole. I don't he can't think I, stand it. I don't think I've seen, ever seen anybody less interested in history in my life. He's sitting, well, here's the thing, and I may be a little bit closer to this perspective than the two of you, and I promise that these jokes won't go on, but... If you mention our ages one more time... He's playing a seven-year-old. Well, That's kind of. I was wondering about that, that when you first see Ray, my first thought is, is he stupid? No, because he comes off like an idiot, but he really is like a child. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not he's stupid. He's just, he's incredibly immature. They also do keep referring to him as the boy, and I'm like, I think he's well into his 30s. (laughs) So, whatever. But he behaves, he is is a child. He's impulsive. He's very short-sighted. He's, uh... He wants to go bowling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's telling, when uh, Ken is talking to Harry, who is the, their boss, uh... Played by Ray Fiennes, doing a real an amazing job of being absolutely terrifying, and yet also really just charismatic and intriguing. And he's saying, he's talking about he going out, he's he's off looking for a bowling alley. He thinks there's a bowling alley in Brew. <laughs> Does he know there are no bowling? Alley? I really wanted to go have a look. I have to wonder what British bowling is like, because of course, living here in New England. We grew up with candle pin bowling, which mm. I've continuously tried to explain to people in Michigan, <laughs> yeah. and they look at me like you have to be kidding. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 that thing with the giant ball, the three holes, we don't have that. No. So I wonder if British bowling is even weirder, like there's string or something. I have know? no idea. I always assume they just do lawn bowling or stuff oh, like bocce. that. Yeah. But do you speak bocce? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing over six million forms of communication. Yeah. Do you speak bocce? Not exce- Not as such. I see. Yes. Anyway. So anyway, your perspective on history is more akin to Colin Farrell's? At this particular juncture, yes. So you're, you're more of a what's here, what's now, what's next, what's new? You, you'd get bored sitting in the church like he did? Oh, no. I uh, oh, oh, sorry. No, it's yeah. I, I'm definitely with Ken on this one. Oh, oh okay. um, Yeah, Colin Farrell? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would eat that stuff up with a spoon. Yeah. Have you done much world traveling? Yeah. Alas. Well, You've done I, a fair amount. I, I, well, I, I don't a, know. A, a fair amount in the U.S. Uh, actually, with Max, um, about, actually, probably about the time I saw this movie, um, he, he and my family went to uh, 
parts of France. We we did that thing. Oh. You went to France. You went to France without me. I went to France without you. You are filled. Be gone. Fromage. Avec. I must finish smoking first. I feel terrible. Yeah, I've done a fair bit of travel around the U.S. Been very fortunate in that regard, um, but. Uh, not that much outside, hmm. um, so I'm hoping to fix that. Very cool. Well, perhaps your prize money from this... Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. You, can, uh. you can hawk the sacred orb from Max <laughs> Movies, which is made of genuine, real gold, imitation gold. The word is not hawk, it is lob. Lob. <laughs> so if you, if you yeah. w- would you say Bruges, because partially because of this film, is on one of your top... Oh, yeah, certainly. There? I would love to, you know, backpack around Europe, see the historic sites. Not as cool as it used to be. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but Matt, now you sound old. Well, you and I did it. Yeah, we did. So, yeah. And, and I've never heard about this. Well, I must what? have talked about it. This was back in like 30 years ago. It was 1985. Yeah. It was basically, hey, you oh, want to go to England? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you this I have. That. This I have. I have jabbered on endlessly. On this I'm podcast. Sure. Yes. This <laughs> very podcast. Yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and, at least uh, I never made you look at the pictures. No, 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 there is that. A lot of pictures. Um, so you were saying earlier uh, that you like his plays better. So you mm-hmm. obviously think that there are some faults or things that you would think perhaps would be done differently in this film. What might some of those faults or rough spots, if you will, rough spots be? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think the thing about his plays is that they, they just give more of an opportunity to engage directly with the actors and with the characters. And yes, I know I'm sounding like a massive theater nerd and a, a bit of the sort of elitist that Martin McDonough actually really hates. Oh, um, may we. <laughs> um, but, but I feel like part of the movie just, as much as it is just two guys standing there talking for so much of the film, it, it gets a little bit away from the emotional drama um, that just it makes the whole thing tick. And I say emotional drama when, you know, as we mentioned before, it's 1.26 F-bombs per minute. No, but it's, it's true because there's there's a great deal of the crisis of conscience. There's uh, Ray dealing with the fact that he's killed a child. Right. And also, as he's, it's just a throwaway line, but that's his first job. Oh, yes, that by the way, his... we get to see it. Yeah, we, yeah. we see. We see it's <laughs> and it's an accident. Yeah, it's he didn't. Oh, because mean... <laughs> I'm apologizing for it. Yeah, you know he only yeah. meant to kill it, the priest. Yes, he so... only meant he only meant to murder a holy man. He just. Uh... <laughs> and, but here's the saddest thing to me: it wasn't that he killed the kid, but the kid had in his hand a list of things he was supposed to talk about in confession, mm. and the last one was being sad. So yeah. I'm like, okay, not only does he kill this kid who looks like he's about seven or eight or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's like, the kid's depressed, and he's been told you need to confess about it. It's like, man. <laughs> and if you look at it, particularly from the Catholic perspective, that was very clearly a Catholic yeah. church. Mm-hmm. The guy was dressed, I think it was a, looked like a Monsignor, but uh, the kid died without confessing and receiving absolution, so he's going to hell. Well, I don't think he's old enough to be confirmed. Oh, that's possible. That's possible. I, mean, I'm not I think he was just talking to the priest, because okay. if I remember yeah, correctly, sure. confirmation was 13. I... You're it was so long wrong, ago. You're asking the wrong people. <laughs> I, I don't, well, <laughs> yes. you were confirmed. Well, you could have been confirmed. I know. I what? Know. Here, have I'm, some cheeseburger pizza. It <laughs> <laughs> could have been bar mitzvah when I was 13. That's what it's, it's the same thing. They said so on the Dick Van Dyke show. Don't dispute me. <laughs> God. 
Right. But uh, anyway, yes. So so you think that some of the emotional impact and and emotional uh, revelation, etc., was missing? Well, I I think that part of part of the movie. The thing about the movie is that there's a lot of visual spectacle, and part of it is just the natural beauty, natural beauty of Bruges. <laughs> well, no, it is. It's the beauty anyway. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's really just about the people, um, and it just so happens that it's taking place against this fairy tale backdrop, um, and, and and so it, it takes away a little bit for me. And also, the, the versions of the plays I've seen have toned things down, taken it a little bit slower. Um, which I kind of like for his work. Um, so, you know, I, but dealer's choice on that one. Um, I, I totally see why people would like the movies a lot better. He's professed that he uh, thinks theater is absolute rubbish, um, he being Martin McDonough. Really? Yeah. A playwright? He's, um, he, he's said in multiple interviews that basically he only did playwriting in order to get into movies. Um, wow, and, I just think that, the first time I've ever heard a playwright say that. He, he thinks most plays are utter rubbish. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. actually kind of bold. I Do mean, you know why oh, he thinks they're rubbish? Like, um, He thinks that they're not fun enough. Fun. Yeah. He has a point. Well, but they're not <laughs> supposed to necessarily be fun. Why not? Um, because there's a, some of them are supposed to be very serious. That's the Art. point of the play. Well, no, but it's like if you're if you're... Like, if you've got characters that are thinking... Let's say you have suicidal characters. You have introspective characters in midlife crises and stuff like that. You don't want to joke. And yet, in this movie... Well, you have, a, you have a suicidal character and you have humor. Hell, Hamlet has a, a, a suicidal character and you still get George Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and you get the Gravediggers. You get jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them well, are hilarious. <laughs> well, now, I'm going to put something out there, not having seen as many plays as likely either of you have, but when you're talking about something like suicide and you throw in jokes or humor, do you think it, in fact, lessens the impact or lessens the audience's actual diving into that subject because you've derailed them with humor? Apparently, Oof. what's his name thought so? Martin. Oh, we got heavy all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. See, I told you it worked. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but do you think? I mean, yeah. you can you can say no, Mike. You're full of boop. But <laughs> we say that every week. And well, about everyone this. knows this. But. Fired. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I I think part of what he's getting at in this movie is that life doesn't stop just because something serious, something weighty happens. No, like you kill a kid instead of the pain. <laughs> no, no. That's a, it, that's what a good you do. Point. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It does. That's. I don't think it does uh, de-emphasize. I'm going to go with Ned on this. I think it's it's showing that, yeah, you, you are torn up by all this, but the world keeps moving around you. It so it doesn't matter what on. you do. You can kill yourself or stay alive. The world doesn't care. There is, there's part of that message. I oh. mean, look at him. Ray it's, is sitting there. He's in a park. He's about to shoot himself. Everything's just going on around him. Right. Nothing, nobody notices. But we don't really deal with it either. Like the his his suicide, his feelings of suicide, we barely have time to talk with him, and he's on a train. Because he doesn't know how to deal with them. He's still trying to come to grips with them. But yeah. that's something the film could explore. Yeah, and it's certainly by no means a perfect treatment of the no. subject. No, I'm just saying. I don't I'm not gonna say that I thought it was done yeah. badly in this film, but I, I, I don't think that you need a joke in everything. It's Absolutely fine to be No, but you can still have elements of fun in a movie in a play or a movie. <laughs> That has dark or painful elements. You have to. That's the relief. Middle of the psycho. This knife comes out. She's stabbing. And suddenly from nowhere you hear Krusty the Clown going, <laughs> that, that, That'd be great. 
<laughs> Seinfeld funky bass. Yeah. You're off stage. Whackity smackity do. I mean, I can certainly see it being used as a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Like a, wow, I just hit you with this really heavy lead pipe. Let's back off and... Okay, I'm, I don't want the audience to start thinking too seriously about this because I don't need to hear gunshots and knife wounds and stuff in the audience. But I am just—it's an interesting perspective. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah. And Mark McDonough has gone on record as saying that he he loves that sort of whiplash that audiences get the realization that oh, I'm laughing at people being absolutely terrible, um, and that he's really going for that, and that comes up throughout all of his work. Um, is that sort of um, you know, it, uh, uh, when it's done right, it's, you know, we call it black comedy and it's great. Mm. And when it's, you know, done terribly, it's It's Freddy who, Got Fingered. If, yeah, oh, God, don't, don't go jumping me. ahead for that. that that's you didn't watch that, did you? Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't our fault. I'm going to plead the fifth on oh, that Lord. one. You, you had to sit through that thing? Mom, if you're listening. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah th- that was supposed to be a warning, not... To watch that film. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, I do want to get back to the actual story. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because the, the elements of the story, I think, are really cool. I really enjoy the whole thing when they're sitting in Bruce. They don't know why they're there initially. They're just waiting because Harry's told them, go there, lay low. They think it's because, all right, they just did a job. They've just killed a priest. People notice that sort of thing. You know, go there. Uh, Ray has no idea why they're in Bruges. The reasoning is kind of odd. But, fine, you know, uh, Ken talks to Harry on the phone a couple of times, and Harry, just by his voice, I got to give Ray Fiennes uh, credit. There was a, he's done a lot of stuff I was not crazy about, but he is really frightening. There's this crazy, this insanity that comes across the phone when he, he's like, "You know, is he out of the room? Yeah. Go check. Just because he's left the room doesn't mean he's gone. Go outside and look." And this is one of the sort of it's kind of funny but it's also kind of not because Ken he knows that Ray has already left he arrays off on a date and he's been lying that he was in the bathroom and and Harry is yeah. telling is he doing number one or number two yeah. uh, I don't I, I know <laughs> well, well what do you think like you don't know why this matters but you can tell it's really important to Harry and it gives you an idea of how either dangerous or important Harry is in that you know can make stuff up. He's like, he's got to answer these. He can't just say, why are you asking that? That's idiotic. Well, I actually want to backtrack like 30 seconds for yeah. the same scene. I get the impression that Harry is frightening and incredibly hard to deal with because mm-hmm. he just keeps asking questions about how Colin Farrell's character likes Bruges. He's obsessed yeah. with that. He and it's, really wants to, and he, it's really important to him that Farrell likes it. And we don't have, and Ken has no idea why, we have no idea why. It's just like, did he, what did he say? Did he say it was like a fairy tale? Did he say that? It's like, and, and is it like the canals? It's like, uh, sure. And, yeah, and Ken knows it well enough that he can't, he knows he can't say, oh, he hates it. Well, he, he does. Yeah, because Ray <laughs> hates it there. And I was like, oh, no, 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 he's just saying the modern parts. For, once he got away from the train station, everything's great. He loves it. Like, oh, you know, yeah. no. Apparently then there, uh, Ken turned into a Canadian, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, and how about those Canadians? Because oh, this film, oh, like, this yes. film hates Americans. <laughs> oh, boy, does it. Oh, yeah. And I, one of my notes was like, okay, so we're the fall guys. And then later it's like, did you heat the Canadians? And it's like, did those I? were Canadians? Yeah. Really? Okay. I know that actor. Yeah. I don't think he's Canadian. I, you know, mostly Canadians are portrayed as being overly polite. And these were loud and mm-hmm. obnoxious people I do, I do like that when they when uh, Ken meets Jimmy uh, mm-hmm. the little person 
And Jimmy has obviously, he's like, you're from the States then. And Jimmy says, yeah, I am, but don't hold it against me. And Ken says, all right, just try not to say anything loud or crass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. And Jimmy is fine with that because he's like, yeah, I know that's what you think of us. And obviously he's had to deal with that a lot. I think everybody in this film thinks that about Americans. Because yeah. every American depicted, even when they're Canadian, are really loud and obnoxious or otherwise. Or really fat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Your, your whole point was you liked the fact that. Yeah, the, the conversation they have is fascinating because it's really important to Harry that Ray likes that Ray likes Bruges, and Ken knows he can't tell him he hates it because he can just he knows Harry that well. That's what's so good about that scene. Instantly, you know, okay, Ray doesn't know anything about Harry. You can tell just by the way he talks about Harry. Mm-hmm. And Ken knows him really well, and he knows what he can and can't say. And he's still really afraid of it. He is. You can see. He's like, okay. Because he immediately becomes the subservient. When he's with... Ray, he's clearly the dominant. He's the one, you know, do we're gonna do this, we're gonna but when it's Harry, it's like, okay, yes, sir, I'm gonna and, and then he's saying, Yeah, and Harry the reason we then we find out why they're in Bruges. Harry says, I wanted to give Ray I wanted to give the kid one nice memory. And then Ken is like, Oh and Ken gets it, although he pretends not to, but he understands, Oh, I'm supposed to kill him. Right. I'm supposed to kill him because he killed the kid. And the part that I found really interesting about Harry is it's not that that gave bad publicity or whatever. It's Harry has a real thing about killing children. Mm. Well, and, and in which general... Which is a major plot point. Yeah. yeah, in general, Harry has, you know, he's got very defined rules by how he lives his life. It's a, yeah, He sounds like a psycho, but he has scruples, sort yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> There's own, a lot of that in the movie. They have scruples, sort of. <laughs> it's kind of like a code of honor, and yet... Well, that mm-hmm. argument he has with his wife, and he's like, is it going to be dangerous? Of course it's going to be dangerous. <laughs> it's like, that's another interesting thing. He doesn't lie to her. No. no. He doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to do some paperwork. I'm, and she says, you're taking the lads with you. And, she, and he just looks at her, and she knows, no, he's going by himself. It's a matter of honor. Yeah. And she gets that, and she doesn't fight him on it. No. And well, even, this well, time, she doesn't fight him on it. And again, even the bit where he's like, when Ken tells him, I let the kid go. And he's smashing the phone, and you immediately think this guy's crazy. Oh my god! His wife comes in. It's like, what? It's an in What are you doing? And he said, Oh no, he's going to hit her, or he's going to be awful. And he she goes, It's just an inanimate object. And he just yells, You're an inanimate object. Which is like, what? And later he apologizes very sincerely for calling her an inanimate I'm sorry, object. Sorry, I called you an inanimate object. Sorry. I was upset. <laughs> It's like, wow, we don't really understand Harry at the beginning at all. No, and i got to say, at the end of the film, um, Harry's a moron. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it's like, how many people saw him running around Bruges with a gun? Waving and shooting at this guy. And then in the hotel, he's like, uh, get out of my way. No, I'm not getting out of your way. And, he's, and she's looking right at him with the gun, and he she says, can, I'm I, going to well, shoot Ray. And it's like, she can identify you. Well, it, it, actually, talking about that scene, that's one of the that's one of the places where Harry's very strict moral code comes into play, and yeah, where it actually uh, it, it brings up this sort of theme of childishness because there's a standoff um, where Harry and Ray are sort of on two ends of the hotel, mm-hmm. um, 
and the hotel owner who is pregnant is sitting on the stairs in between them and they're trying to convince her to leave so they can have a shootout um, <laughs> even Harry says you have to this is the shootout yeah <laughs> that line's like like this is the time when we have the shootout you're but, right it's like kids playing a game exactly it, there's even alright okay we'll, we'll come up with some rules for this I'll jump out the window <laughs> you'll go around and try to shoot me as I swim across the river uh, canal and he's um, even saying you promise <laughs> like of course I promise and then like you know, swear you're not gonna Start a gun fight. I swear I'm not going to start a gun. It is. It's like I didn't think about yeah, it. It's like it's, two kids playing a game. All right, on three. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who says one, two, three, go? <laughs> you do. All right. <laughs> yeah, they are kids playing out this idea of honor, and you know, I I think Ken gets past this. Um, you know. It, he, he's the only even semi-likable person. Okay, well, Ken and the hotel owner are the only two remotely likable people in the movie. Ray has some qualities, because you do get the feeling Ken sees, he says this, I think he has the, the capacity to be better than he is. Mm. And you can see that. And of course, what does better mean in this case? Yeah. A much more skilled killer. No, he says, you know, go, because that was the line I really like. Ray says, I killed a kid. I killed a boy. And Ken says to him, then save the next one. And he says, what, you mean become a doctor? You have to take exams for that. And we know he, Ray's never passed an exam in his life, you can tell. I don't even know if he has a license. But he says, no, just be better. You don't have to be a doctor, but just save the next one. And that seems to mean something to Ray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ray, yeah. Ray goes back and forth like, oh, we're, 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 oh, girlfriend. And he's making like a drugs. Yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. Has, he has no attention span. No. Actually, one of my notes was as soon as we met Chloe. So he meets this woman. Uh, he sees her. She's working on the set, or she seems to be working on the set <laughs> yeah. of where the Jimmy, the, the little person, is filming. And uh, he thinks she works there, so he sneaks past security. And he makes a date with her. Um, being charming and everything, which he can be kind of charming. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kept watching his eyebrows, but that's a Colin Farrell thing. Well, they're almost entire people into themselves. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. so. and then he says, uh, he asks her what she does, and she just sort of blurts out, oh, I sell drugs to, to the little person. But and, she's, he thinks she's kidding, because she, right. she says, do I look like the sort of person who, she says, I sell heroin and cocaine to the to the movie people. Yeah. Really? Do I look like the sort of person who sells drugs? And, and he says, course- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she has, oh, you know, I kill people for money. And then when they she sit down She doesn't believe for, him. Yeah, well, and I, I was wondering maybe. what he was going to say. Yeah. Because, like, you're not going to actually tell her. And then when we, he says, well, I'll tell you what I really do when we go to yeah. dinner tomorrow night. And that's how he makes oh. his date. Well, I, I, my, my note was, I wonder if she's going to be, end up being as bad a person as he is. And the answer was, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> She so. invites him back to her place, and it turns out she and her boyfriend, you know, she, sed- she seduces tourists, brings them back, and they rob them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this proves to be a mistake when you do this to a professional assassin. Well, it, it seems like, you know, hurting people is the only thing Ray is any good at. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's charming for about 30 seconds, and then he just says something horrible, like, oh, makes God. these terrible jokes about Belgium and in oh. general and just in the, the city and he says how much he hates it and it's just like ah oh. and he has this thing where he keeps whenever he thinks anyone's an American he keeps bringing up Vietnam yeah there's a lot of talking about race for a movie that's essentially about a bunch of white dudes yeah, yeah. There, As, there's no people of color no no there was one hooker and Ken's wife ah mm. 
that notable role. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm sorry. Uh, he says that his wife was black. We never if actually you, see Yeah, her. if you look at the IMDb page, there is an actress who is credited as playing his wife, and she is black. As I said, that, he tells us yeah. his wife is black. We was never that, see her. Is that in one of the deleted scenes? I, I'm, pretty sure, or something? I'm pretty sure it is, because that's also why someone as halfway decent as Ken is tied up in, in with Harry. Um, so, some some guy killed his wife a long time ago, and Harry took care of it. So now Ken is sucked into this world and owes Harry a, a Wookiee life debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's called a. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. I, I might have got the pronunciation wrong. I think, I think you put the, stress, the wrong stress on the accent. Is terrible. Ah, uh, yeah, well, you know, I come from Southern uh, Kashyyyk, so. You know. um, I will say this movie did one thing that I hate. And that is, it made me, I sat there fighting it for the whole film. I don't want to root for the bad guys. I don't want to root for the bad guys. But I, I kind of, yeah. I like Ken. And I, maybe Ray's just misunderstood or, uh, oh, he's shooting more people. Oh, uh, he didn't have to, though. It was self-defense. Uh, um, or, um, yeah, yeah, and even Harry, who is this horror, this monster, really. Oh, yeah. And he's, he directs, you know, people to kill people. You kind of like him. Because I did anyway. Because he has this weird sense of ethics, like when he's up in the bell tower with Ken, that's a great scene. Oh. And he's taking him up there, and everything is so civilized. He meets Ken, like they're sitting in a bar there, or outside in a beautiful plaza. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I had actually had a problem with that. I'm like, oh my God, this is so tense. Oh, wow, that fountain is gorgeous. <laughs> oh, look actually, at the lights. Wow. Come on, these guys are going to kill each other. Oh, look at all those cute little tables. I want to go there. Actually, uh, it's interesting that you bring up the fountain. Um, this is a bit of trivia that I only just remembered. It's sourced from TV tropes, um, so I'm unsure of how accurate it is. Mm-hmm. But evidently, Ray Fiennes was kicked out of his hotel for allegedly cavorting nude in one of the fountains. <laughs> um, so it may have been. I have no trouble that believing very... that. Actually, I believe Ray Fiennes would do that. Well, so... Voldemort did it. It wasn't actually Ray. Uh, you know, Ooh, uh, I he act- will not be named. I actually can't picture Voldemort cavorting. Oh, come on. What else do you do when you're evil? Well, you know, you sit there and you, you, you pet your snake and like, mmm, that's not really cavorting. You're no. terrible, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're too nice. <laughs> it, the, the film does keep you off balance. Mm. And it does, there is definitely more humor. If this had been made by... Like the guy who made The Professional, for mm-hmm. example, who, uh, uh, what is his name? Jean Renault. Oh, yeah. If it was a Jean Renault film, uh, if it was, you know, from the French New Wave in the 80s and stuff like that, like the woman who was the hotel owner, he, Ray Fiennes would have walked in and just shot her. Yeah. Um, yeah. There would have been none of that. And it is a much more. Although it's, it's a still tense because you're like, there's no way she's sitting there and she's going to stop this horrible, nasty person. And then, like you said, they make up kid rules and she's fine. It's like, uh, how is this? It's it uh, okay, and actually, I don't mind that because I'm not a big violence guy. I don't like Tarantino and mm. stuff like that. Like, if Tarantino had done this film, oh, oh my please, God. the oh. entire city would be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Belgium would be on fire. Yeah, we'd be called Dead Bruges yeah. or something yeah. like that. But Black and Bruges, there we go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got a question. Why do you think it's set in? What I mean, the name is in Bruges, and you know, as Ray says, when I, I think the title came come from, you know. Harry wanted you to have a good time. He goes, in Bruges? <laughs> like, he cannot believe this. Why do you think it's set there? So, actually, this is another bit of trivia. Um, 
uh, Martin McDonough actually, back in the 90s, uh, he was supposed to meet up with a girlfriend in Bruges. She never showed, but he spent uh, a good three or four days just walking around the city. And at the end of that trip, uh, he he absolutely loved it there, but at the end of that trip, he was feeling a little bit of that... uh, He was feeling the wonder of it, but at the same time, he was starting to get a little bit bored. And he was thinking, how could somebody feel bored in a place as spectacular as this? Mm -hmm. And so he sort of built the movie around that feeling of Mm -hmm. uh, just being entirely apathetic while you're touring this beautiful place and just not being able to leave, trying to come up with whatever circumstances would cause somebody to not be able to leave Bruges. Hmm. Such as killing people. Interesting. I mean, that's the thing. Does that make Ray less sympathetic? The fact that he cannot appreciate this incredible place. And that's why Ken, I think Ken is a little more uh, uh, relatable because he is just in awe of it. But does that Push Ray. Does that make Ray a more distant character, a more a less likable character? Well, I, I have to say, uh, on sort of a second viewing, um, it makes a lot more sense because they don't tell you until a fair bit of the way into the film that Ray has just accidentally killed a kid. Mm. Um, and seeing it, it makes a lot more sense that he's preoccupied by that, yeah. that he, he just can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially after the cocaine. Yeah, that doesn't... <laughs> help things um <clears throat> but uh it, it makes a lot more sense uh, uh, how nervous he is how ill at ease how he just can't take it in whereas ken is a seasoned professional he's done this before and so this is just it, it's a holiday from work interesting so you think that's what oh, i not thought of that that's maybe why he why ray can't appreciate it he's inside his head too much I mean, I think I think part of it is that he's still very immature, mm-hmm. but I think that plays into it. This is kind of like Arthur Miller's Death of a Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I think you mean Death of a Mailman, but... I will admit the ending was not what I was expecting. I was mm. like, oh, we're going to have to get Ray back, and now we're spoiling this, but we're going to have to get Ray back in town so that the good guys, that the, such as they are, yeah. win, and something different happens, that's all I'll say. But I, I was not expecting The ending anything. is quite, it kind of, it's a little ambiguous. As oh, far well, as it's not goes. a little ambiguous. It's, well, it kind well, no, yeah, it, it's implied. Yeah, it's very ambiguous, except if you actually, never mind movie physics. Oh, well. But, you know, I'm sorry, spoiler. Ray has been shot about six times in the torso by a professional marksman. He's not going to make it to the hospital. With dum-dums. With dum-dums. Dum-dums. You know this world, dum-dum? They get the, their guns from this Belgian weapons dealer, I guess. Right. And he, Uri. He has these weird... I wonder if he's uh, Belgian or if he's supposed to be Finnish or Russian or some such. I don't think Yuri is a Belgian name. Uh, Perhaps not. You can have I mean, a, 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 whatever Russian yeah. name in the be Belgian. He has the, the part of the humor with him is he has these odd... You like the, the Elkovs? What? The what? <laughs> the Elkos around the buildings, the, the, the Elkos, you hide it. Oh, oh, nooks and crannies, those things. Uh, oh, yeah. that's better. Nooks, nooks and, and crannies. crannies. Nooks and crannies. Can't be Irish. <laughs> well, and, and this is another one of the themes that keeps popping up in, in McDonough's plays and movies. Is, Arm sellers? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> but it, his fascination with words, it, it's like when we meet Chloe for the first time, she's talking about the movie, 
um, and I, I won't attempt to do accents. Um, but <laughs> Why she, not? We do it all the time. We just don't uh, do it very well. No, uh, we do not care. Well, um, she, she's describing the, the movie that they're filming mm-hmm. um, and, and, and describes it as, it, it's an homage. No, maybe that's too strong of a, strong of a word. It's more of a nod of the head, a pastiche. Um, and <laughs> There's Ray going, uh, uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. I recognize two of those words. Yeah. Both of them were the. <laughs> Ray is just sitting there going, you sure are pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it keeps popping up, sort of, you know, precision, uh, reality. Uh, he also does a lot of plays within plays. We're referring back to those things. I wanted to ask you a real quick about, do you say there were deleted scenes? Have you watched them all? Uh, yes, you, or some of them. Do you think that was, I mean, most of the time when I see deleted scenes in movies, I go, yeah, I can see why you deleted that. What, what did you think? Well, do you think it would have added, taken away, or some of them are deletable. Some of them are just really funny bits that don't really work into the story. Okay. Um, for example, the, the, a lot of the posters show them uh, show Colin Farrell, especially holding ice cream. At no point in the movie does he oh. actually get an ice cream cone. It's a deleted scene. Hmm. Um, it's that would have been a Shyamalan twist. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, it, it seems like there must be you know a good 10, 20 minutes that were cut. Um, or of ice cream. Uh, <laughs> Just him, you know. I would watch that. <laughs> Colin mm, Farrell, Farrell and ice cream, an ice cream cone um, in Bruges. Um, but it's there are scenes that there are a whole bunch of flashbacks that that were cut. Um, I wondered if there were. Yeah, and there uh, there are a couple scenes with you know Harry traveling. That there's uh, some more scenes developing Harry's character. Because really, we only ever get two scenes set outside Bruges, mm-hmm. um, which is when Harry is being telephoned and in a train kind of in the outskirts of Bruges. Yeah. Well, in the flashback, which was ostensibly in England. That's true. But That's it's, true. it's in a room. It could yeah, be we, anywhere. Could be a, yeah, it was a church. I think it was actually in Bruges. <laughs> but it was meant to be England. I don't think you ho- I don't think you try to lie low in the town where you committed no, the... No, but I think they shot it. Oh, it was like, yes. well, we're here. Why uh, don't we just shoot it? It's here? gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. Okay, well, we're getting uh, to wrap-up time. Any other points, uh, any yeah. notes anybody wanted to bring up that haven't been brought up? Mm, I'm good on this front. Mm, I, I, do lo- I do, again, it is like kids playing games, but I, you do kind of, Harry stops being more of a monster toward the end mm-hmm. because he does have this streak of honor in him. Like he, Ken expects, him, expects to be killed, and Harry has a, has a problem with that mm-hmm. initially. <laughs> well, he still did, yeah. but then, I mean, the only reason he suddenly doesn't have a problem again is because they find out that Ray's actually come yes. back to town and is actually having a beer right outside where they're fighting, and it's obvious that yeah. uh, Ken is going to try and stop Harry from killing Ray again. Yeah. Well, he, he yeah. thought Ray was safe. Mm-hmm. And, I'll come back. Well, he got arrested. Yeah, he didn't have a choice. Did you eat the Canadian? <laughs> Well, and I, I think that, at least according to the movie logic, it should have been a survivable wound because Ken's able to drag himself up several flights of stairs afterwards. So clearly he's not, you know, he, he's not crumpled on the ground in a heap just yet. Um, and then when he is, he's got time to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're going to go against movie uh, physics, such as uh, Ray being shot six times, yeah. Ken surviving the fall and being able to talk coherently? Mm. Mm. He's a seventh-level assassin. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> there we go. Also, I was like, why is nobody gathering around the body? Like, there is literally no problem with Ray getting up from two blocks away and running over, and there's nobody there. 
Well, I think everyone's freaked out. They're all like, ooh, what? Oh, everybody runs towards him. Oh, maybe we can help him. Uh, apparently you could have. Check his wallet. Um, <laughs> I think he took his but, wallet. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's, uh, wrap, let's wrap it up. The Roundup. So, uh, yeah, Ned, so second viewing, your, your choice. Yeah, yeah. so I, I still like it. I'm a, I'm a little bit less fond of some of the, you know, shock value humor. Mm. Um, some of that has lost its appeal, and I, I'd rather that it cut some of those scenes out because I feel like uh, the, the party scene, uh, apart from explaining a little bit about Ken's backstory, we could have cut a lot of that mm. out. A lot of the jokes just seem to be incredibly off color just for the shake uh, excuse me just for the sake of getting a laugh out of the audience and I find myself less inclined to laugh at that sort of thing unless it's you know Deadpool where that's just what it is I would also say too that that scene it's it works against us liking the characters because Ray although under the influence look okay at the time uh, comes off as much more of a jerk oh yeah um, and it's like we all feel bad for Jimmy because it's, it's obvious that on some level Ray likes him. Mm-hmm. And he was really offended when he waved to Jimmy, the, the yeah. little person. And Jimmy didn't wave back, even okay. though he was told uh, he's on horse tranquilizers. So he <laughs> and even can't... Jimmy says, I, yeah, I, I was on a lot of ketamine. I, yeah. was ta- I didn't talk to anybody except maybe a horse. But, of course, then he karate chops him. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, I could see that. And then they're friends. And then they're, well, yeah. well, well kind of. Jimmy approaches him at the table... Yeah, then of course he even approaches him at the end too. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah. buddy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So you would you would cut some stuff out even further. You know, honestly, yeah, I I would put some of the deleted stuff back in. Um, just you know, maybe my sensibilities have changed. Maybe it was who I was watching it with. Um, I think you were fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about uh, Mike? What about you? What did you think of it? It was an interesting film. One of my notes was it is very French. Like this is a very <laughs> European style Except film. He isn't. Is I, he? No, no, no. Irish. Well, maybe, but it's shot in Europe, and it it's Studio Canal, which is a big, well-known French hmm. film company. Everybody wants to be French. See, yeah. I told you, it's easy. You do it. It is not so hard. This is the only accent I do. Yeah, it's all right. Fetch la vache. Mais oui, la vache. Oui. Un cadeau. Oh, un cadeau. Um. I would. I'd never heard of this film. Like this was not on my radar at all. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was thinking, oh, it's Julia Binoche, and she's doing very romantic things, and it's nothing like that at all. <laughs> not the um, It's it's an interesting little film. I think it does benefit from being short. Um, Max was, I think, worried that it was a little bit too short. But I'm like, I don't think it needs too much more. Um, and I can see your point about certain scenes not helping along although one might also say well they're multifaceted characters we shouldn't like them all the way because they're hitmen mm. um, I don't like rooting for bad guys but the film it's really hard not to because well you know hitmen are people too mm. and that's kind of the theme right it's like everybody you meet there's more to them than just their occupation mm. which I'm sure is not the point you're across <laughs> who knows so it, yeah um It'll sit happily in the back of corner with films that I've watched that I'm glad I at least saw once, like um, Diva, which was a French mm-hmm. New Wave film, which yeah. was really, really cool. Um, stuff like that. It's like, cool, I'm glad I saw this. I don't know if I'd revisit it, but it's if you've not seen it, if um, dark comedy is, is not a bad way to describe it, but it's not quite so dark. It's like, it could be a lot, it could be a lot darker. There's, there is some blood and guts, mm. but it could be a lot darker. Okay, okay. So if that kind of thing... Is something that appeals to you? I'd say sure, yeah. 
How about you, Max? I do think it's pretty dark. I think it is a genuine black. I don't even. I don't know. I think I would call it a comedy. There is some humor to it, but and there's a there's a there's a certain absurdist level to it. Oh yes. But uh, I I think the performances. This is an actor's movie to me. Oh, I yeah. think the performances are incredible. I mean, I give Ray Fiennes a hard time sometimes because he's kind of getting on my nerves these days. Really? Why? He's so damn effete, and he is so. I don't know. First of all, his name's Ralph, damn it. <laughs> Not Rafe. Come on. R-A-L-P-H. That's Ralph. <laughs> but Ralph. <laughs> Bernadette. But he is, I think he's amazing in this. And he's not on screen that much. No. And he walks away with the movie. But I also, I think Brendan Gleeson's terrific. I think... Uh, uh, Colin Farrell, who usually kind of annoys me because he just always looks like somebody just punched him and he doesn't know where they are. My first note, Colin Farrell looks lost and confused yeah. as usual. But it works here. It works for Ray because yeah. he is lost. And even, you know, Clemos Posey, who, you know, the, who plays Chloe, who I, you know, is usually really just good at standing there and looking really good. I think she does a nice job. I think Jimmy does. I, I think the performance is a terrific uh, the story, I think, is really interesting. I do think it falters here and there. I think it's a little uneven. Uh, I'm actually, I'm glad that it's as short as it is because I think the pacing's really good. Yeah, I generally think so, too. There is, you know, for us Americans, there's action, um, and it is spaced out fairly well. You really don't exactly know what's coming because you think, oh, this is going to happen, and it's like, no, they're going to go to a party instead and meet a dwarf or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I would also say there's some pretty good cinematography. I mean, they, they mm. make... I, I don't know how hard it is to make Bruce look really good, <laughs> but they do make Bruce look really good. Mm. So it, it's it's kind of like a little... Visually, it's kind of like a little uh, tribute to, to Bruges. Yeah. So somebody liked it. <laughs> so cool. Now next week, mm. you'll be hosting. I'll be hosting, and next week we will have... You our last guest, mm. and this will be blood, the bloodkin to Mike. That's true. His sister Val. Yes. And we will be discussing the movie Strictly Ballroom. Strictly? Strictly. Only Strictly? We oh. can't do anything else? Nope. No cha-cha? Strictly <sighs> Ballroom. You know. What about new new move, new, new, new steps? Are there any new There are now new steps. Right. So for new steps yep. next week, <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank Ned. Yes, thank for... you very much, Ned. This was great. Thank you for bringing this movie to us. Oh, my pleasure. And, and I would uh, like to thank Max for letting us into his house. I know it's going to last about another 30 seconds. Yeah, but... that would be the last time. <laughs> and uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk at you next week. In Bruges. In Bruges. <laughs> This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.